want you to go to the book of Proverbs. I'm going to read a few verses from Proverbs about diligence. But I want to just start out by making sure that everyone here has a working definition of what diligence is. And if you don't know, uh, particularly from through the eyes of Scripture and the things of God, write this down. All diligence is is steady application to any business or endeavor. Say that steady application. It can be defined as careful and persistent work or effort, but it's work that's done with excellence, with a persevering spirit, and you're just steady at it. You're steady at what you do. You're consistent at what you do. That's the, the critical component to people who want to see supernatural increase in their life. You know, a lot of good people in the body of Christ do good things for a while. They do them for a season. But that's not diligence. Diligence is doing what God wants you to do in every season. Thank you for your enthusiasm over that revelation. Say it with me. Diligence is doing what I need to do in every season. Doesn't make any difference what time of year it is. Make any difference what you're going through. Doesn't make any difference what other people are dealing with. You are the same. The Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And somehow we thought, well, that's not the standard for us. It is the standard for you. He wants consistency, constancy in your life. So it's steady application to any business or endeavor, careful and persistent work or effort. Diligence means you just don't quit. No matter how hard it gets, no matter how difficult it gets, no matter what challenge you've had, no matter what the cost, and listen to this, no matter how long it takes, you don't quit. There's some people sitting in this room right now, you're going to thank God that you didn't quit. You just keep standing, and you're going to step right into what God has for you. Oh, I am so glad I didn't quit. I'm so glad I didn't listen to the devil. I want to tell you something today. The devil is talking loudly to the body of Christ, and the body of Christ needs to tune him out. Just because you think something doesn't mean it's of God. You need to question what you're hearing out there, especially when you're all by yourself, and the devil is just bombarding you with thoughts. You want to make sure the things that you're thinking line up with the Word of God. Scripture says in Galatians 6, 9, we will reap if we what? Faint not. We will reap if we faint not. Hebrews 10, uh, 39 says, we're not of them that shrink back unto destruction. Now, what is the key here? We've told you that classic redemption involves three areas of your existence. It involves spiritual uh, increase, it involves physical increase, it involves material increase. And what you need to understand today is diligence is required to advance spiritually, physically, and to advance in terms of material. Say it with me, diligence. So that tells you that, you know, at least partly what's going on in our lives has to do with what we're doing or not doing. Is that Okay. Jerry Savelle said it like this, you won't find anywhere in Scripture where God blessed somebody for quitting. Not once. But you'll find a lot of places where he blessed people for persevering. You'll find people like Paul that wouldn't quit preaching no matter what happened to him. You'll find like people like Joseph, for example, thrown into a pit by his brothers, accused falsely of rape, thrown in jail, never gave up the vision, never gave up the dream. 
And one day he went from the pit, from the prison to the palace. Aren't you glad for that? Yes. And some of you know that some of the difficult things you, you've dealt with, you have to realize if you'll just hang in there, God can turn that thing around. Come on, say it. God can turn it around. Anybody can quit. I'm sure Noah thought about quitting when people were ridiculing him about this big boat he was building. They asked him, well, what's the boat for? It's going to rain. They said, what's rain? You know, the boy couldn't win. He just stayed at what God called him to do. And how many of you know one day it rained? There may be people laughing at you, but one day when the blessings of God rain over your life and the showers rain over your life, they won't be laughing no more. Amen? You think about other people. Like David, you know, went through a lot just to get to a unified place of the kingdom. Made his own mistakes later on in his, you know, authority and kingship. But boy, he went through a lot of things that had nothing to do with him at all, and yet he persevered. He wouldn't quit. Look at somebody and say, God doesn't bless the quitter. Look at these scriptures about diligence just for a moment, just to give you a foundation. I want to start in Proverbs 6. Proverbs 6, when you're there, say I'm there. Okay, I got three people there, so I can move forward now. Verse 6, go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its way and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little fold of the hands to... Uh, to rest and poverty will come on you like a bandit and scarcity like what? An armed man. That doesn't sound like supernatural increase, does it? Why? Because you can't get there without a thing called diligence in your life. Yeah. Go to Proverbs 10. Proverbs 10. Verse 4. Lazy hands make a man poor, but diligent hands bring wealth. Huh. Does the Bible actually say that? Yeah, the Bible does. The Bible actually says things like the blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and he has no sorrow to it. The Bible actually says that diligent hands bring wealth. Say diligent hands. Go over to Proverbs 12. Proverbs 12. And I'm going to look at... Uh, Let's look at verse 14. Actually, I'm in uh, 12, verse 24. Sorry about that. Say verse 24. Diligent hands will, will what? Will rule. But laziness ends in what? You are advanced, you're placed in authority, you're placed in a position of power and influence when you are, in fact, diligent. Uh, chapter 13. Verse 4, the sluggard craves and gets nothing, but the desires of the diligent are what? Fully satisfied. Everybody say diligence three times. Proverbs chapter 22. Just a couple more here just to give you a foundation and let you feed on these. Proverbs 22. Verse 29, do you see a man skilled in his work? He will serve before kings. He will not serve before obscure men. I got a word for some of you here. You're about to be promoted. You're about to come out of obscurity. 
So don't give up. You hang in there. Amen? Continue to be diligent. Proverbs 28. Are you all seeing a pattern here? Proverbs 28. Verse 19. Who works his land will have abundant food, but the one who chases fantasies will have his fill of poverty. Might as well go ahead and read the next verse. A faithful man will be richly blessed, but one eager to get rich will not go unpunished. And that speaks of ungodliness. It speaks of treading over lines and principles of the Word of God to get something that God can give you without violating God's Word. Aren't you glad for that? Diligence is critical. Uh, If I were to be uh, clear with you today, there are really three key ingredients for any believer to be successful. Raise your hand if you want to be successful in the things of God. First of all, you have to accept the fact that God does want you to succeed. He told Joshua how to succeed. He tells us in Psalm 1 how to succeed. God is for you and not against you. Aren't you glad for that? But there are certain things we have to understand. And that first ingredient is the blessing. Say that will be the blessing. We know from Galatians 3.14 that he redeemed us through his blood in order that the blessing might what? Come to the Gentiles by faith. Aren't you glad you've been redeemed from the curse? What's happened is the curse has been removed from you as a child of God. Raise your hand if you accepted Jesus and you know you're saved. Raise your hand up high. According to the word, the blessing's on you. What is that? It is the empowerment to succeed. It's the empowerment to increase. It's the empowerment to have things go well for you. It's the empowerment to excel and go to the highest level. That's on you right now. Now, it may not be activated. You say, how could that be? If you have been born again, but you don't believe what the Word says about the blessing, it's not activated in your life like it could be. Say it with me. I'm a believer. It is on my life. Look at somebody go like that. There's something on you in Jesus' name. What is it? It's the blessing. The second ingredient to your success is a thing called favor. The Bible tells us in Psalm 145 that he is predisposed to show you his favor. Romans 5.2 tells us that we access his favor or his grace by faith. Grace is not just you not going to hell because of Jesus dying for you. Grace is actually a force of the Spirit, and it's on your life. So let's break this down. The blessing is the power to succeed. The favor is the opportunity to succeed. Opportunities and doors opening up to you because you are a child of God. It seems to me that if you and I have the blessing, and we do, and if we have God's favor, and we do, he has set us up for success. Let's all inform our faces right now. Amen. He has set us up for success. Say it, I have the blessing. I have the favor of God. How could we possibly go wrong if we have the blessing and the favor of God? Well, we have to be born again. If you're not right with God through Jesus Christ today, this doesn't apply to you. But if you'll embrace him, accept him, you'll have the blessing and the favor of God on your life. But listen to me carefully. That's not enough for you to manifest the success of God. You've got to also add, number three, diligence to the mix. If you're born again, you're blessed. If you're born again, the favor's on you. Well, then how come people aren't doing all of it? How come so-and-so struggling? How come this has happened? How come that has happened? And because a thing called diligence might be you know, missing from their life. And you can't get where God wants you to go 
without a diligent spirit. Steady, consistent, constant. You know, I, I was in Hopkinsville, you know, for five years. We ministered there. And I remember somebody coming up to me and saying, you know what? I, I don't understand. Uh, you know, I raised this teenager in church, you know, and they should be acting better than they are. And I said, well, tell me about your church life. Well, you know, we went like once every six weeks, you know, and special events and, and you know, Easter and Christmas and Mother's Day. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, you may, you've convinced yourself you raised your kid in church but you didn't raise your kid in church. Thank you for your enthusiasm over that revelation. I'm just going to walk over here and talk to Wilma because that's the only sound I'm hearing right now. That doesn't mean God can't rectify that. He can. But don't go around saying that I did this and I did that when the, the record shows. Let the record show. You didn't. And I know kids that were raised in church that turned out to be holy terrors. I know some kids who weren't raised in church, and they seem to be more adjusted than some of the church folk. But I am telling you, if you think you're using, I raised them in church, and you really didn't because you weren't diligent, then you can't say I can lean on the success of God in that situation. You need to pray for some crop failure. Amen. We were going through the Walmart line, checkout line yesterday. I don't know what on earth I was doing there. <laughs> I mean, I have to pray in tongues for an hour just to get ready to get out of the car. You understand what I'm saying to you? Especially this time. <laughs> and, you know, we just got a little screen protector thing. We weren't really shopping and looking at anything, but um, we're just out for a little bit and I was struck by the lady at the checkout stand because Kelly just said, Merry Christmas. How's your Christmas? Oh, I just stayed in my room all day long and then slept, got out of here, something, come into work and don't go back in my room. And then she volunteered. She said, I've got a 17-year-old and he's gone nuts. She said, it's like somebody injected him with a pot full of testosterone and he's gone nuts. So I just stayed in my room. I'm thinking to myself, that's going to work. Shouldn't you send him to his room? Not in my house. <laughs> People need Jesus, don't they? So say it with me, the blessing, the favor, and diligence. You already see from Scripture how important this is. Now, from the time I was just a little squirt to, you know, going to college, I, I swam, and we swam, you know, I don't know, five times a day plus Saturdays, and sometimes uh, even more than that. And I saw a lot of good athletes through the years. I mean, I saw them come in from South America, Central America, from Europe. Uh, one of my heroes was from Ecuador. You wouldn't think that a world champion would come out of Ecuador, but he was a world champion swimmer, you know, you know, 30 years ago. Uh, saw some guys rise up, trained with them, swam with them, ended up being gold medalists, you know, world record holders. But some of the guys that uh, I noticed that were the most talented never produced anything at all. There's one guy who wasn't that all talented to begin with, and he worked real, real hard. He was diligent. Listen, but he didn't necessarily have the body build or capability of some of the other swimmers. And I remember one time he did real. In fact, uh, one year he won a state championship medal in the YMCA in Illinois, and uh, that was a, quite an accomplishment for him. But there were other swimmers I noticed that had all this amazing talent, and one in particular, this guy was off the charts in talent. He was more interested in selling drugs than he was in 
achieving something in terms of his athletics, but he had beautiful stroke and wonderful talent. This is the guy I told you about. We had a dual meet in Belleville, Illinois one time. Everybody say Belleville. And um, they had a pool, pool table area, and they had a bowling alley downstairs in this wide, and they had the pool up on the upper deck. And, and he was supposed to swim in this event, and when they called for his heat to come to the starting blocks, he wasn't there. He was down playing pool. So the gun went off, the swimmers you know, went into the water, and they almost get to the end of the first lap, and here comes Danny running on the pool deck. Throws, <laughs> throws his, his towel aside, his goggles aside, and he jumps in, and he still beat them all. And right then and there, I realized, you know what, if he would just apply himself, if he had any level of diligence, he'd be a superstar. Yeah. But watch this. Another friend of mine, Tommy, Tommy didn't work out very hard at all, but he was extremely blessed. Six foot eight, you know, 15 inch paddles for feet. When he dove into the water, he was already the other side. You understand what I'm saying, dude? It's hard to beat a guy like that. <laughs> and, and we were real good friends. I think he's coaching up in the Dakota summer right now, but... Uh, you know, he just kind of cruised for years. And then all of a sudden, I noticed that he all of a sudden started taking it really, really seriously, working with a, uh, a medalist in the Olympics in St. Louis and eventually in Iowa. And he just began to, to soar because he not only had this great DNA in the natural, he added to that diligence. For years, he held the world record for 50-meter freestyle. For years, there was no swimmer on the planet faster than him at a short distance. But what happened? You see this? The DNA alone wouldn't carry him there. He had to add to it diligence. Can I tell you something? Every person in this room and every person watching right now over the web, you have the DNA of a champion spiritually, every single one of you. You are not born with, with deficiency. There is no such thing as a birth defect in the realm of the spirit. You are all born with championship DNA. You have the blessing. You have the favor of God. And the only question is, will you add to that DNA discipline, diligence? Raise your hand and say, I'll do it. Why? Because you have the natural ability, except it's a spiritual ability to succeed. Say that I have the blessing. I have the favor of God. And I have diligence. Do you know if that's the case, no one can stop you. Well, they said this about me. Doesn't matter. Jesus is Lord. They can't stop you. They're trying to undermine me. Doesn't matter. Jesus is Lord. They can't stop you. Because you were born to win. Come on, confess it. I was born to win. Secretariat, greatest racehorse in the history of horse racing. You know, won the Kentucky Derby. And they wondered if he was going to win the second leg. And what did he do? He won the second leg, gets to Belmont. What does he do? He wins by anywhere from 27 to 33 horse lengths, depending on who you're listening to the broadcast. Watch this. The trainer made a decision after the second leg, after the Preakness, not to rest him but to work him extremely hard. His competition is Shem. They rested him thinking that Secretariat is a sprinter and not a long-distance runner. So the decision was made to work him hard. The competition thought that they had worked him into the ground. He was not going to perform. But you know, when that uh, gate opened up, Secretariat took off, 
and just left everyone behind. Watch this. The DNA of a champion working extra hard leaves all the competition in the dust. When they did a post-op on that, day, that horse when it died, found out the heart, I believe, was like four to five times larger than the average racehorse. Not from disease. That was how he was born. That's how he was made by God. Can I tell you something? you got a heart that big. You've got everything you need on the inside of you to take this lousy year you just had and then have the best year of your life coming up in Jesus' name. You've got the blessing. You've got the favor. All it's going to take now is some diligence. Natural talent alone, birthright alone is not going to do it. Today you can be sitting next to somebody who's got the same birthright, the same blessing, the same favor, but they don't do anything with it. They're not diligent. They're not going to see much happen. There needs to be a quality decision made. You know what? Ask for me. I'm going to be diligent. I'm going to be diligent in three key areas. Write these down. First of all, you need to be diligent in fellowship. That means with God, everybody say with God, but also with the people of God. In prayer, in the word, but also in fellowship with the people of God. You say, but they said this, and they said that about COVID, and they said this. Since when do they run your life? Since when are they Lord over your life? Why shouldn't you go into church because of COVID? You should start listening to the Lord Jesus Christ who tells you don't forsake the assembly of yourselves together as is the manner of some. Because I tell you something, some aren't diligent. It's time to go back to Jesus is Lord. Fauci ain't Lord. Bashir ain't Lord. Your fear ain't Lord. I'll take a better amen than that. Jesus is Lord. Diligent in your fellowship. Diligent to talk to him. Diligent to seek him. Diligent to get in his word. Diligent to be around his people. Hallelujah. Write this down, number two. Diligent in your stewardship. That means in what you do with your treasure and your talent. That you're faithful. God has given you and entrusted much to every person in this room. Some of y'all need some talking into. That's okay. Say with me. There's great treasure and great talent in me. What you have, your resources, your assets, your material, your abilities. This is no time for any Christian in the body of Christ to be sitting on a shelf. It's time to refire yourself, reignite yourself, and find out what God has called you to do and do it right in the face of this nonsense going on. He's telling you to get up and go. Well, Pastor, my get up and go is got up and went. And I hanker for a hunk of cheese. You know, I figured out what we need to do for Washington, D.C. We need to send them the schoolhouse rock tapes and make them watch them. Every one of them. That's just my thinking. Hallelujah. (laughs) Yes, amen. You know, it's far more important right now to spend a billion dollars on the Smithsonian to have it be closed than it is to support small businesses in America. Yeah. 
moving right along. There's something that happens when you accept the role of a congressman or woman. And there's an infusion of stupid that takes place before you actually get there. And all of a sudden, common sense is just gone. In the middle of this crisis, what we should do is pay for all these other countries and their welfare, but not about our small business leaders and support our educators when they're trying to teach under enormously difficult situations. But I digress. Where are we at? We're being diligent with, with stewardship. Right, in the financial realm, it's in the material realm, it's in you know, the realm where you have gifts and abilities and use them for God. Number three, say this, diligent in ownership. That means you own your attitude and you own your actions. My attitude is not because of somebody else. My attitude is not because of what they said or what they did. I have complete control over what I do, what I feel, and then how I respond to that and ownership over your actions, what you do or don't do. Say it with me, fellowship, stewardship, ownership. I tell you what, this will set you on the right path going into this year. But diligence is required. Now, what does this mean? It means that I start out with a mentality that I've heard something. How many understand faith comes by hearing? And hearing by the word of God. But James 1 tells us that we're not supposed to be hearers only. But doers, turn to that scripture real quick. As you're doing that, shout it out. Say it, fellowship, fellowship. Stewardship. stewardship, ownership. James. When you're there, say, I'm there. What a great book of the Bible, huh, church? James is not proposers. One twenty-two. Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Uh, so sermon hearers and tape listeners and MP3 players and conference goers, magazine readers and book readers, if you're not doing what you're reading, listening to, you what? You're deceiving yourself. Deceiving myself how? You're deceiving yourself to think that there is in the listening alone an efficacy to change your life. That's not enough. The power in the word to affect change in your life comes when you actually do what it says. Anybody can, but an awful lot of people just listen, right? What does he say? He says, do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues what? To do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he what? In what he does. Notice it doesn't say he'll be blessed in what he heard. He'll be blessed in what he does. Listen, your whole world can change this year. I'm going to say it again. Your whole world can change. No one can hold you back. You're born again. You may not be perfect, but you're born again. You have the favor and the blessing of God. You add diligence to that mix, and you're going to run like secretariat. 
I said, you're going to run and you're going to win the prize. Hallelujah. And no one can stop you. One of the biggest lies the devil has is to tell somebody they weren't born with the education that should have. They weren't born on the right side of the tracks. They weren't born in the right city. They weren't born with the right race. Weren't born with the right color. Weren't born with the right pedigree. You understand that the cross is a great equalizer? The Bible says if you're in Christ, you're a new species. You're a new creation that never existed before. You're no longer what you used to be in terms of your natural biology. You are a new species. And you are programmed with a spiritual supernatural DNA to win. But not if you go back and use excuses based on your past. We could all do that. But what about what he has put inside of you? I know you may be sitting here and think, you know, that's exactly right. I tell you what, the devil constantly throws it in my face, what I don't have, what I didn't have, what I couldn't do, blah, blah, blah. And you know what he's trying to do? He is terrified of the potential in you being unlocked if you ever find out who you are in Christ. So I'll just remind you who you are and where you came from and how you're a second-class citizen. You know, you're really not as good as all the other little boys and little girls and keep pushing on you. But you know what? That's not going to work anymore. Amen. Amen? I see it this year. Well, you had a word about the, the year of the living word. I see this year coming where explosive revelation hits people's lives. And what the devil's done to lie to them no longer works. Amen. 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 I see a mass retirement of methods against your mind. Amen. Turn to somebody and say, don't work no more. Come on, say it again. Don't work no more. But you have to be what? Diligent. Now raise your hand if you've heard a few things in this church. How many of you believe the Word of God is life-changing? But not in the hearing, what? Alone. But I'm blessed. You said I'm blessed. How come it's not working? You said I'm favored. How come the doors aren't opening up to me? Diligence. There needs to be some, you know, solidness about your faith and walk with God. Some, you know, steadfastness about you. Where you're just consistently constant. You mean to tell me that I'm blessed and I'm favored, but if I just get more consistent, my whole life would change? Ding, 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 you win the big bear. <laughs> Timothy bought Juliana, a bear almost as big as me, Sam's. We were down there a couple weeks ago and walked past this little box, and they had a brown one and a tan one, and I caught out of the corner of my eye and I said to myself, you didn't buy that for her, I'm going to buy it for her. Next thing I know, he grabs that bear. <laughs> and apparently, when he put the bear out, she wasn't too thrilled with the bear. <laughs> I guess it's something you grow into, but kind of terrified, I guess she was. But I was watching her. We were over at Tim and uh, Sarah's for, for Christmas dinner, and I was kind of watching her. You know, she was there in the living room. She was playing, and she, <laughs> she went up just like this, real slow to the bear. And she went, doink. <laughs> and she ran away. <laughs> She's getting there, hallelujah. Amen. Say it with me. Those old tricks don't work anymore. Come on, say they don't work anymore. I'm blessed. I'm favored. And I'm diligent. 
Now watch this. There are five kinds of Christians I have seen since I have been a pastor. And don't take it personal because I'm not preaching at you. Well, I'm preaching at you, but I'm preaching at all the people I ever preached to at one time. You could be have it completely together today. Hallelujah. But once again, raise your hand if you've heard something life-changing. Okay, you've heard it. You've listened to it. Might have even thought about it. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, here's the, here's the categories. There, there are people, and I'm sure it goes way beyond this local congregation in the body of Christ, that are never starters. They never got around to doing the things they heard. Could you imagine sitting in church all your life and hearing the solution but never doing it? The whole time you're blessed. The whole time you're favored. But you never got around to actually doing it. You heard teaching on forgiveness, but you never got around to doing it. You heard, you know, teaching about faithfulness of the house of God, but you never got around to do it. Heard teaching on tithing, never got around to do it. Heard teaching on using your gift, never got around to actually doing it. You thought that something supernatural, mysterious is going to happen because physically you were there and you were listening. That's great. That's better than the people who don't listen. But you're what we would call never starters. The power is not in the hearing. It's doers, not tape listeners. It's doers, not note takers. And you'll, you know, look at me, whenever I go somewhere and I'm under the word, I'm a, you know, just a voracious note taker. I want to hear and I want to receive. But you can fill a notebook up with words, and I've got a lot of them, but if you never do them, my mom's the same way. You got to see all the HAC notebooks she has. Amen. She can give a seminar on note taking. It's easier for her. She's been listening to me speed preach for a long time. Hallelujah. <laughs> but that's not the key, is it? Not my key. It's not your key. Second group are starters. They heard it, but they started. That's about all you can say. They began the journey. I mean, you understand that if you're going to go on a trip, maybe to Florida, uh, just getting down to Nashville, you haven't got there yet. You heard there's a vacation waiting for me. When we first got to the church years ago, about, you know, 95, uh, somebody walked up to us and said, you know, we... Uh, have a timeshare, and if we don't use it, we're going to lose it, and then wonder if you guys could take advantage of it. One of them was in Orlando, and one was in St. Pete Beach, you know, Florida, and we found a beautiful place down there and fell in love with it, and then we go back even to this day from that experience. But I can tell you this, I'm not going to stop driving until I get there. And a lot of people are just kind of in slow motion. They started, but they're really not heading towards the destination. They're blessed. They're favored, but they're not really doing what they should do. The third group are the starters and the stoppers. And this is what I see the most. They heard, they started, and then they stopped. You know that if you heard and you start and you stop, you get the results of the guy that never even heard. 
If you start and stop, you get the same results of the person who heard and started but didn't go any further. And they start, and then they just stop. Why would they do that? Ah, the devil talks them out of the word. Mark 4 tells, them, tells us that the, the enemy comes immediately to steal the seed. It's sown in your heart. He comes. He is a thief. It shouldn't surprise us. Takes it away. And so we start. We uh, start going to church regularly, and then we stop. <laughs> we start serving, then we stop. We start loving. Then we stop. We start tithing, then we stop, and then we wonder why we're not experiencing the breakthrough. We start out out of offense, and then we stop and let every little thing get under our skin. Look, you may feel like you're allergic to people, but you've got to apply the word of God to that situation. Amen? <laughs> I mean, I can't think of a more perfect storm than COVID and Christmas and Walmart all wrapped together. You start, then you stop, and you wonder, I just don't understand it. That faith stuff doesn't work. I tried that faith stuff, and it doesn't work. No faith tried you, and you don't work. You're not diligent. Hearing and starting and stopping, that's not diligence. And you know what? Nobody can make you diligent. Nobody. You have to make up your mind. You're going to be diligent. You're going to have what God says you could have. You're going to take a quality decision and follow through with it throughout this next year. The next category are the looper Christians. They're on a never-ending loop. They start, they stop, they start, they stop. They start, they stop, they start, they stop. They tie, they don't tie, 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 they come, they don't come, they come, they don't come, they come, they don't come, they come, they don't come. They serve, they don't serve, they serve, they don't serve, they serve, they don't serve, they serve, they don't serve. Isn't that tiring? I'm tired just saying it. And the looper goes, I don't understand. I started a thousand times. Why don't I have the results? I'm blessed. I heard the pastor say it. I'm favored. I should have opportunity because you're a looper. Did the pastor just call me loopy? I'm pretty thick. Call me loopy. That happens all the time. Just never, ever ending cycle. And I'm just trying to kind of stick my big nose in the middle of that loop and tell you it's not going to work. Start and stop, start and stop, start and stop. You can't live that way. You read for a while, you don't read. You pray for a while, you don't pray. You come and then you don't come. I'm just telling you the truth. If you had a revelation of what I'm saying right now, you'd be thanking God for it. Hallelujah. Instead of curling your nose at me right now, you'd be thanking God. Someone's telling you the truth. You never see the looper excel like they could until they break that cycle of consistency. And I've watched people, been in this long enough to know that some people do it for a season. They, they're okay, but then here comes the loop thing again. At the end of the day, no one can make you break that cycle but you. 
Amen. Say amen. I'm a hearer and I'm a doer. Glory to God. Say, I refuse to be a looper. Another day of my life. Turn to somebody and say, don't be loopy. There's the never starters. There's the starters. There's the starters and the stoppers. There's the loopers. And then there's the never stoppers. They just won't quit. You can't make them turn loose of the things of God. You can't whip up a storm to get them to turn loose of what God's promise says. They're going to hang in there. We got us some never stoppers in this building. Hallelujah. When you pastor people for a while, you get to see not only them in their best days, you get to see what the devil's trying to do to destroy them. It's always impressive to me. Of course, we teach and we pray and stand with them. But how many understand that at the end of the day, that person has to make up their mind they're going to stand. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. No one can vicariously do that for you. Jesus is the one who is your Lord. We could point the way, but at the end of the day, you know, all hell can break loose against you trying to destroy everything in your life and then watch you succeed. You aggravate the devil. But listen to me carefully. If you're watching online, listen carefully. 2021 belongs to the never stoppers. Glory to God. Some of y'all are trying to find your way in the midst of COVID by listening to the wrong voices. You're turning into a looper. And one thing I've learned, if mama be a looper, then kids are going to be a looper. If daddy is a looper, kids are going to be a looper. And you go, I don't know why they got this looping thing. Looking at the school and looking at the nursery and looking at the kids' church and looking at the youth program. Listen, they didn't get that looper thing from the youth program. I'm preaching better. Y'all are staring at me right now. Come on now. Glory to God. It doesn't belong to the looper. It belongs to the what? The never stopper. And all the testimonies that I could just point out. Hallelujah. Well, you know, I'm, this is a tough situation. You know, everybody's saying, do this and do that. You just need to listen to one voice. I mean, David's here. And he died six months ago. Seven, eight, nine months ago. <laughs> right over here. Right where Jackie's sitting right now. Don't worry, it's a blessed seat. Yes, it is. Amen. It's a <laughs> blessed. <laughs> sitting right up here talking about the miracle capital of the world, and the miracles that God wants to do, and he decides to die in the middle of my service. <laughs> like you planned it. <laughs> and I saw a bunch of never-stoppers jump on the devil that night like he'd never been jumped on. And I get a text. We're all down in the altar praying for him. Later on in that service, I get a text. He's sitting up and talking in the ER. Let's give the Lord a hand clap because he is here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And what you ought to do, 
You made up your mind to be a never stopper no matter what the devil has thrown at you. You take that testimony and you just brag on Jesus all you can. The devil meant this for my destruction, tried to get me to be a stopper or a looper, but I refused. And you just brag on God about that thing. Tell everybody you can what God did for you. Drive the devil nuts. Because that's exactly what his strategies have been all year long is to get the body of Christ in this nation to become a bunch of stoppers. Well, I'm not going to stop. Amen. Amen. We're not going to stop loving. We're not going to stop giving. We're not going to stop serving. We're not going to stop reaching out. Amen. We're not going to stop getting into the Word of God, teaching the Word of God. We're not going to stop crying out to Him. Hallelujah. Because we're not loopers. Amen. Um, that may be your testimony. It may have been where you have been. It doesn't have to be where you're going, does it? Amen. That's the great thing about being a believer. We can decide to do what we talked about earlier and cultivate diligence in our life by setting our eyes in the right place. Look at somebody and tell them, get your eyes off the checkbook. Tell them, get your eyes off the clock. Tell them, get your eyes off of others. Get your eyes off distractions. Get your eyes off the obstacles. And get your eyes on Jesus. Amen. Say it with me. I'm a doer, not a hearer. I'm not just a starter. I'm a never stopper. Say it with me. 2021 belongs to me. I'm a never stopper. The devil did his best, but his best wasn't good enough. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. There are people in this room, I've seen what they've gone through and observed what they've gone through. I'm not talking about from afar, close and personal. As a pastor in there, agreeing with them. And a lot of people across the country would have just wilted on the floor and never got up again. But that's not what they did. Boy, you're going to find out 2021 is your year. Would you be paying attention to all this? Oh, it's going to be so bad. It's going to happen. It's time to put your eyes back on the Word of God. I'm going to shout it out. Jesus Jesus is is Lord. Lord. Boy, wasn't he a never stopper. Amen. Say it with me. I'm a never stopper. Shout it out. I'm a never stopper. Amen. Let's give him a hand clap and thank him for that.